And good morning, Hoosier fans, and welcome to another aggravating edition of Hoosier Morning After. This is Hoosier Morning After Northwestern. I'm your host, Chad Schwartzkopf, here to try to hopefully seal some of the pain, some of the anguish, some of the aggravation, some of the repeat anger that comes with being a recent Indiana basketball fan. Um, Look, I created this show because we are a very passionate fan base. We are a fan base that loves this team, that is very knowledgeable about the sport, but we're very reactive. We are a very reactive fan base. We are a very, uh, with that passion and that reaction, comes very crash and, and sometimes hurtful. Obviously, first takes to uh, to an outcome of a game. Many uh, times it gets very uh, messy when it's games like what we had last night. And I created this show to hopefully allow me that time to settle from it, to cool off, to get the chance to relax and look back on the game um, have that night's sleep. Um, granted, when you have a game, it's 8.30, and it goes until pretty late, as it did. Um, you're pretty much just sleeping and then waking up <laughs> and uh, here reacting to this. So it does take that initial bite off, but the aggravation is still there. Um, so anyways, your Indiana Hoosiers go on to lose to Northwestern, 74 to 67, um, a game that the team didn't really get out to the start that they needed to. And what I've said on, on, on many other shows, this is a team that likes to set the tempo first. The good games that we have had, it's because we've come out of the gate strong. We've come out of the game, the, the, the gates aggressive. And usually the players that show us the best at those points um, is what we see for the rest of the game. Uh, when Race had his fantastic game, he was the first points that were scored. A um, couple games later, Trace and Armand come out and are uh, firing on all cylinders, and they have their game, great games. And in this game, it just we just looked like we weren't ready yet. I mean, they, they, they weren't as aggressive. Um, uh, it, it wasn't like... Northwestern was throwing anything at us defensively that we're not going to see a hundred times this year. Um, Every team is going to double trace. Every team is going to double trace. Trace is our biggest score. Just look at the stats. Don't even watch a video of IU. Just look at the stats and you know that that's what you need to do, that you need to double trace and take him out of the game. And then you worry about everything else. They did that. And we got nervous beyond there. We, we, weren't, we weren't trying to get it to him more often. Um, what that also says to me is that if, if we are struggling to get it to Trace, and even when we get it to him, he is doubled, um, that should be the immediate response should be from Race to rub his hands in excitement because that's the time that he can go to work. He can demand the ball, he can get the ball, and he can be the player that steps up and uh, could have a good game off of that. Uh, 
And in the second half, you saw they tried to do that the very first play. Um, <laughs> Trace needed to be wise and not have made up his mind so much. But uh, the first play of the second half, you saw it where we got the ball to Trace. Double comes over. And then the play was going to be Race was going to dive to the basket. And Trace was going to hit him. Well... Before he even looked up and saw whether that pass was wide open or not, I don't know if Trace just saw Race cutting out of the corner of his eye, but he throws it over the top of the double team directly in the hands of a Northwestern player. So we got away from that a little bit in that sense, but there was some good back and forth play in the second half. So first half, it's it's almost embarrassing to talk about again. It, we, we had... Some decent play here and there. Guards were making a few shots. Um, got it to Trace a few times. I mean, Trace got went and got his own basket. We were getting to the foul line. Uh, that also brings another thing up is that foul shooting. Uh, we got to the foul line like we normally do. And in the first half, we were three for eight from the line. Um, I really want to call that more three for 10 or three for 11 even because I think when you're missing the front end of a one and one it's like two misses, but it only gets counted on the stat sheet of, as one miss. But got to hit those, at least. That keeps you in the game, and, and it keeps the game even closer. I mean, Northwestern, at one point in the first half, extends it out to even 14 points, as high as that. Now, credit to the guys towards the end of the half, we were able to battle back and bring it into single digits into halftime. And I think that that helped to a degree um, get the guys feeling good and like they were going to get back into it. And uh, coming out of the second half, after that Trace Jackson Davis bad play, um, then we get a defensive stop on, on the other side. And then we come back on, on our offensive side and uh, race is wide open for a three shot, top of the key. That's where he likes it the best. He uh, is able to hit those down, and he hits it. Uh, then we get a defensive stop. Then Armand misses a layup. Again, we're running with speed. We've got good aggression. That's when we are good, and when the play looks a lot better, and when this team can ex can come back and and stave these these scoring droughts. Uh, but Trace puts it back. Go to the other side, another defensive stop. Uh, Trace gets fouled. He misses the shots. Again, there's a couple more of those misses. Uh, defensive stop again. And then that was when Trace then had, got the ball, wasn't able to get it underneath, came out, got the ball on the top of the key, drove on his guy, and dunked it down the lane. And that in that little span right there, it took the score from uh, 37 to 29 to us being down by just one point, 37 to 36. And we did a great job hanging tight from then on out uh, for, for, for a little bit there, um, keeping with them, doing some good jobs of, I mean, I have a note here, that's how you play this game. Give it to Race and let Trace Jackson, Dason, Jackson Davis clean it up. That was when the score was 42 to 40. Uh, about the 14 minute mark, but then it, but then it just, then it just got ugly from there. Um, we had some ugly offensive possessions, uh, bad D and 
allowed Northwestern to get get up by five. And uh, then that run ha- started to happen at that point, at that point on. And, and that was a run that we were able to at least battle back from and get it close. And then a Northwestern player, uh, what was his name again? I'm probably going to butcher saying it, um, but comes back and makes some re- ridiculous chase, uh, makes some ridiculous shots at the end of the game. Uh, to kind of put it away, um, defended pretty well. Um, the kid and and contested shots. The kid just nails these circus shots, um, crazy threes, and, and all that. Um, and it's just the guard play at that point um, had diminished. We were they would go back into the zone. Uh, in, our guards would just play hot potato. There was, there was so much hot potato being played at, at, on the top of the key during this game where no one wanted to take it downhill. No one wanted to at least tempt to get into that lane, uh, turn the corner. I know the zone is set up so you don't, but at least probe it. At least try to get in there a little bit. Um, but no one wanted the responsibility. No one wanted to step up and, and try. Um, and I, I know... Again, it's crazy situation this year because we, we didn't get a normal uh, one off season and then uh, preseason as well to get Christian up to steam. And in this game, Northwestern has some skilled offensive players and his defense, he, he could not stay in front of his guys. Every single time that him and, and Jerome Hunter as well were in the game, they were getting dri- driven on. They were getting, uh, they were going at them. They were game planning. They had, they had watched film and they had seen their their defense and and knew that they could attack them. Uh, so I hope Christian's working on that because I want to see him in there. I, I love the lineup. Love obviously the starting lineup. I would just like to see that, but with um, Christian in against. Uh, instead of Al, I, I I don't think I've really seen many lineups or times where you you have that with um, with Armand Franklin in there, and uh, I don't know. I just I I like that idea of that lineup and and still have race in there as well. I think a lot of times when you saw Lander in there, it, he was in there as kind of like the second team. Uh, when Jerome would get in there as well. Um, but he played uh, Christian only three minutes, but he was one for one on his field goals and one for one on three pointers. Again, granted, he was getting taken advantage of on the defensive side, but where's your trade off at this point? It, it, it's tough to say because. When guards are playing like they are, um, at least it's someone that's going to try to create for himself and and get in there. And when when I don't know when our guys are playing so flat, when they're playing so slow, when they slow it down, I just I, I want to see him try more things. I want to see the coach try more things. So is it better to keep keep in the stagnant player uh, from guys? Uh, 
so, so to keep the guys from uh, overtaking over the game, the more defensive guy, or do you take a chance on guys and risk that they're going to make a mistake? It's it's a risk reward thing, and I'd like to see him him being coach take more of that risk. Put Anthony Leal in. Um, I know his defense is lacking, but maybe he'll give you something offensively, especially against a zone where you can move it around, kick it, and find people in the corner, which we did. And Armand hit a few. Um, but put some players in and try them and let them make mistakes. I, I, I want to see those little aired mistakes um, or two, at least one. I mean, don't do one and then pull them right out. Um, but I don't, I, again, is that a trade-off to, to, to let then the other team get going and getting on runs? Um, but they did. The other team did. They went on a 12-0 run that was basically the dagger of the game. Um, when IU had it in hand, uh, it, it's tough to say. Um, and, and it's, are we overcomplicating things? It's, it's, there's a great tweet yesterday from AJ Guyton. Not a guru or anything. I'm a simpleton. Robert Knight had a sign in the locker room that said, don't complicate winning. Take care of the ball, make your free throws, and defend. In addition to that, have to make shots. Defend, transition, and score. Yeah. Nailed it. Don't complicate it. Are we complicating it? I don't know. Maybe we are. Seat's getting hot for Archie Miller. This is another game again where we have to see how these guys are going to respond. Who is going to step up? Who was yelling in that locker room? Um, it's going to be a very slow year if we are having to deal with these ups and downs. Guys hollering at each other in the locker room after a bad loss and then come back and play de decent, play aggressive, play good games like we can, and then drop off again once we have pressure and guys take us off our game. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Archie Miller needs to game plan better during the game and try a few more things. Um, the thing that concerns me, and again, this is right after the game, so I know he may have said this wrong off the cuff and not meant or just flabbergasted by the game. But uh, Zach Osterman commented this during uh, the, the post-game interview. Archie Miller suggests maybe IU needs to slow things down a bit offensively, which is interesting. More deliberate offense could cut both turnover issues and fatigue, not guaranteed, but could. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. This team does not need to slow down. We need to keep going. This team needs to be aggressive. That's what I tweeted yesterday morning when I woke up and when I was reflecting on this game. Make sure you follow me on Twitter to see those. I like to just say what I'm feeling for that game, what the thought of that game is, what IU needs to bring, what IU needs to do. And what I said before that game was, the thought of the game was aggressive. You've got to, and this is what I said, thought of the game today, aggressive. Got to start off aggressive on both ends, 
Nope. Dominate the post from the start. Didn't really do that. Northwestern has shown in recent games they are playing with intensity. They did. They showed us that. We need to match that and keep attacking. We didn't do that. We didn't match that. We didn't keep attacking. We got these lulls where we dribble, dribble, dribble. Dribble, weave, dribble, weave, pass it around. What are we going to do? Uh, it's it's frustrating. It's when you see these lackluster performances and emotional performances. And there are guys out there trying. Again, I'm not I'm not faulting everyone. And I hate to to call out individuals on negative as far as that goes, as far as effort and stuff, because I don't know what's going on with them. But I saw Trey Galloway trying. I saw Trey out there fighting. He had 22 minutes, um, two for two on his field goals. So he's good taking his shots and two for two from three. And he did have four turnovers, nearly led the team in turnovers. Trace had the most. I think Trace had some, again, was Trace having some struggles with what to do with that double team. But um, Trey had some amazing passes as well. Three assists. So nearly one for one. His turnovers, when he plays aggressive and is fighting and no one else is, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive those because he's trying to find the windows. He's trying to work it in there. And a couple times were just passes were just slightly off and dribbled off of uh, Trace's hands. Um, and then a few times he, he tries to find those tiny windows and, uh, they close up on him. So that lends to a turnover, but he also finds that little window and it looks good. And he did at, at a couple points. So I don't know. I, I, I want to give that kid in games like this, every single minute he can handle. And I think he wants that, um, when it when it was getting frustrating and I and I was struggling to find effort in this game, I just watched him for a little bit, and I watched him on defensive end, and I watched him on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, you can see that high IQ. He's looking, he's scanning, he's always trying to see what the other team's doing. There are other players on this team that are just looking at their at at their man that are just looking at the ball. And that is where it gets lost. That's where the difference in IQ happens. Example one being, uh, there was a time in, I believe the second half, I wanna say, no, first half, where Trey and Jerome Martin together, their men are both on the IU bench side, baseline and the ball gets worked in to young for Northwestern and he passes it out to Jerome's man and Jerome's man goes up to shoot a three and Trey was farther away from Jerome's man than Jerome was from his man. Jerome was closer 
And Trey got out there and contested that three. And I saw very little effort from Jerome to get out there and contest his man. He just, he still looks lost. There's moments where I, I just, he's head turning. He looks confused out there. And I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. It's just the, the basketball IQ may not be there. On the offensive side, from what we've seen in the past, he may have good IQ uh, to find a play or playmaking in that sense. But one side does not justify the other in, in, in this instance. And sadly, for our depth down below, there's not many other options. Joey is sorely needed. Sorely needed. Another thing really needed from this game was uh, the crowd. If it, <laughs> I think this is a very different game. If we were back to what we used to have with having a crowd out there, cheering on this team, getting this team going, because there were moments where in the second half, uh, Trace's couple dunks, his put back, his, his drive and slam, where um, the crowd's into it, the crowd is screaming and going, it's going to make it harder on the, on the offensive end for Northwestern. And not having that extra energy is, is a tough thing because the parents that are there tried, thanks to them, and they had some noisemakers or something, so they were trying to get going. But if you've ever been in Assembly Hall when it gets loud, it's a different beast, and they needed that beast. Uh, to in, in, inject some energy into this team at, at the end. And Archie Miller kept harping towards uh, guys were tired or, or, or struggling at the end. And, and again, maybe that is, goes back to my, my thought of let's play some other guys. Let's, let's see what we can do. Um, give them some rest. Take those risks on Anthony Leal. Let, let them play the zone and, Find uh, Anthony Leal for three. Um, see what Jordan Geronimo can do. His defense has gotten a little bit better. Put him in at the four to give Race a blow. Um, he shows that he's going to get in there and get effort. I, I just... The shortened rotation on this one doesn't make sense to me. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. Indiana next game is a doozy and could be a really, really big one for resume wise at Illinois on Saturday at 4 p.m. Um, it's going to be on Big Ten Network again, Illinois. Not a big defensive team. Um, I see them maybe not doubling very often on Trace. They're going to probably rely on Coburn thinking that he can take Trace uh, for the most part. Uh, but Io, we've got to we've got to get in his face. We got to shut him down. I'm very excited to see what Armand does to him because I really like Armand on him, uh, both as a size standpoint and for what Armand Franklin has done this year, uh, defending really good players. So uh, Io also showed. If you tuned in again, I haven't watched Illinois, but highlights. But we got to see him a little bit there when their game was going longer. And I even got a little frustrated at that double technical at the end. Um, I, I've said it before. Again, this defense, when we are 
locked in and when we're being aggressive and we're up on our men um, can be very frustrating. And if he gets frustrated like that, very easy, we could see uh, we could see Io foul out. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict that that Io fouls out on this game. He's he's going to get frustrated if if Armand Franklin and the guards can bring the intensity on defense, and they do again a decent job on defense, taking care of that. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see again. Four o'clock game. I may be on the road during that time, so we're going to see how how I'm going to be able to watch this game and everything. But, hey, we'll see what we can do. Maybe just a short video for this one. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for today, guys. Thank you for watching this edition of Hoosier Morning After. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. There you can watch live every morning like you there live with me right now. Uh, if you miss the live show, you can rewatch the rape replay or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at General Chadwick, where you can find out announcements about the show and ask questions. A special thank you to fellow Bloomington South grad and old neighbor of mine, Bob Thompson, for producing the music you hear on the show. I'll see you next time in the morning after the game. Until then, have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas. And go Hoosiers.